Hello, this is Dennis Taboda, and welcome to Safety Through Control. Uh, we are looking at podcast number four, and uh, we're delving into the safety management system and how it is developed, and what are the um, primary functions or components of the safety management system. So today, we already looked at the hazard registry safety risk profile, uh, and uh, we're going to look at one of the foundational uh, ways in which you can control all of the processes in your company. You know, as a um, safety management system uh, manager, uh, you are responsible to make sure that uh, all of the processes in the company are actually giving us the desired output. So. What we have to do is we have to create standard operating procedures. There's just no way you can have control over any process unless it is documented. And a lot of companies uh, have used uh, written procedures. I remember when we first, uh, Saul and I first came to Canada, uh, we were, uh, you know, showed some companies that uh, had, uh, they supposedly had really good uh, systems and all our procedures were in books, and the books were on the shelf. Well, were those procedures really being used? Uh, were the people actually doing what was in the procedure? So we started doing some exercises where we took written procedures, and we decided to make process maps out of them, or flowcharts. And when we did that, the results were the flowcharts were all vastly different. And the variation came from the interpretation of the procedure. A lot of people uh, found that the procedure was inadequate, so when they designed the flowchart, they were actually fixing the procedure, which is something that, uh, well, we shouldn't do when we're uh, flowcharting. So um, the flowchart, to be effective, really needs to be made from what the people are actually doing. In other words, uh, what, we, what we would do is um, if we had to map a certain area, and one of the examples that comes to mind here is a company that um, was having problems with their cargo area, uh, the loading of cargo into the planes. Uh, what was happening is one of the customers, uh, which was villages up in the northern part of Canada, were receiving food and... Um, and gasoline and uh, other products that uh, were either um, spoiled, if the food came it was spoiled or uh, rotten, uh, or the eggs were broken, and uh, also the barrels were dented. We found some of the barrels actually leaking, and uh, these this is a very bad thing. And the, and the villages were actually going to uh, cancel their contract with this company. So what we needed to do is we needed to gain control of the cargo area. So uh, Sal and I uh, decided to uh, work with our partner in Georgia, Georgia Tech University, and we uh, hired four students to be mappers, to actually create maps. And so what we did is we went up into the cargo area and we just followed the, uh, the cargo processes just as they did them. But the mappers would then map exactly the steps that they would take to load the plane. 
So what we had at the end were maps of processes that didn't work. But the fact that we had a map now gave us a basis for changing the processes. So what we would do is map what they already are doing. And by doing that, we are really getting a good picture of uh, how the process is operating now. Then what we do is we take the map and then we would look at it and then determine if it met regulatory requirements and then look at what improvements could be made. Now, you can't improve a process unless you have some basis for improvement. So the process map provided us with a good tool to begin the improvement of a process. And as a result of uh, having the people that are actually loading the plane involved in the process, they became stakeholders and they bought into the process, which is very important because now they feel like the company is really valuing what they do. And so they bought into the process and we show them the maps and we said, listen, you, this, is what you, this is what you do, we map what you do, and now it's going to become the actual procedure. And once you have the entire area mapped, and we map the entire cargo area, uh, we presented them with a book of procedures that covers all of the processes for loading the plane. And now they also have a basis for training. You can't train unless you have a process that is mapped that you can train to so they know what to do. A lot of companies play the game of telephone. What that means is when they hire a new person, they generally pair them with somebody that's already doing the job. And they say to them, hey, listen, just follow Joe around and um, he'll tell you how we do this. And then what happens is you're playing telephone because all of the bad habits that Joe has, he's now passing on to the new employee. If you have your processes mapped, which is actually the procedure, all right, the procedure, remember, is the, um, the flow chart, is the procedure on how to do the process. If they're mapped, they are now effective tools for training. Instead of telling the person, hey, this is how we load dangerous goods, you go to the dangerous goods procedure and we show, hey, follow this map, and you can actually walk them through the process there. And now you're training to a standard that is not subjective. It's a standard that was obtained through uh, a, an, ob a, a, um, an objective process, actually wa watching what they do. So process mapping is absolutely essential in order to get your company under control. And remember, every procedure that you want under control has to be mapped. So it's very important to, to do that. And uh, Saul and I, uh, in fact, working this week with a company where we're mapping procedures, and uh, we're using a program called Lucidchart, which is very, very easy to use, and uh, we kind of recommend that one. And um, once the procedures are mapped, then the people go ahead and take a look at them, we talk about them, we teach them, and then uh, we actually go ahead and uh, begin to write the audit schedules on the procedures in order for us to make sure that the procedures followed in the future. So every procedure needs an audit so that we can check to make sure that it's being done. All right, and um, so one of the other reasons why you want a map is it makes it very easy to write audit checklists against a map procedure 
as opposed to a written procedure. All right. So we're going to be covering uh, in the next podcast, we're going to be covering the uh, SMS engine, which is uh, one of my favorite. And uh, take a look at how all of the discrepancies in a company, whether they're hazards, incidents, or audit results, <coughs> need to go into the uh, SMS engine. All right. Now, if you have any questions about anything you've heard here today, please email me at dtaboda, that's D-T-A-B-O-A-D-A, at dtiatlanta.com. Or you could write to me at dtitraining at juno, J-U-N-O, dot com. I encourage you to visit our website, dtiatlanta.com and dtiquality.com. And also our our blog, which is uh, dtitraining.blogspot.ca and dtitraining.blogspot.com. And also, don't forget our YouTube channel, which is uh, DTI Blank Training. And then uh, you can then subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, there's a lot of useful information in there. Uh, and I think you really in- enjoy that. All right, so let's go ahead and, uh, and uh, let's uh, uh, end this particular podcast and get ready for the next podcast. And uh, please don't be a stranger. Uh, email me and let me know what's, uh, what's happening in your company.